Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's a lot happening today and a lot happening right now, David. Yeah, and this is going to be an interesting one to follow throughout the day. But as things stand right now, Hunter Biden, the son of the president, Mm -hmm. was in a federal courtroom this morning. uh, And they were uh, he was expected to plead guilty to the two misdemeanor tax charges and then get that deferred or deferral, essentially probation for the felony gun charge this sweetheart plea deal that a bunch of liberals went out and said, this is actually harsh. He wouldn't even have had to strike this kind of plea deal if he wasn't Hunter Biden. There were other pieces out there written saying, if this were you or me, you'd be going to jail. You'd be going to jail, no question about it. Absolutely. Um, And so today, during the proceedings, again, they don't don't allow cameras in federal courtrooms, uh, but what the reporting is coming out of the courtroom right now is that the judge started asking prosecutors about other potential crimes as this investigation is ongoing. And yes, the prosecutor said the investigation is very much still ongoing. It almost seemed like they wanted to button up this little thing. Right. And I mean, I'd probably just kind of forget about it and go away. But they were telling a judge, at least, that they could bring potential charges later. And they, you know, the judge asked, she asked... Um, Okay, what about a FARA charge that's failing to register as a foreign agent uh, for his work with Chinese companies, uh, European uh, companies, etc.? And they said, well, no, that's not part of this deal. And the judge said, so it doesn't sound like we have a deal then. The prosecutor said, well, I guess not. If you put it that way, I guess we don't have a deal. And, but, you know, and you've read this before, and you basically just said it. That's what they wanted as far as Hunter's legal defense for a while just to say, well, this we plead out. There's these ongoing investigations. And when you go about it that way, you can pretty much keep yourself from having to answer questions about other things. Yeah. And so now when you put it all in together, that's not what they wanted at all because they were thinking, and especially <laughs> with the way legacy media treats its audience, to think, okay, well, he's pled out. The whole Hunter Biden thing is over now. Mm-hmm. That's what they were banking on. And now all of a sudden, not so fast. Yeah, no. And, and according to reporters in the, who were in the courtroom, uh, Hunter Biden's lawyers are saying, yeah, this, this whole thing is null and void now. That's their understanding of it. Yeah, there's people reacting that, I mean, have a sense of reality that are saying things like maybe justice in the United States is not completely dead yet. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a short rain delay, and now we're going to get on with the rest of the game. Wow. That's it. you got to play nine innings, man. <laughs> but the way this has gone so far, you were kind of expecting, okay, this plea is just going to be accepted, and on we go. Well, of course, and there yeah. be people in the dark. That was the nerve that was fed us. I but, mean, I, but there was something that happened this morning, and I'm not saying it's all related. It was just strange to me, and I was going to bring this up later in the show, which was I was surprised, actually, ABC – Good Morning America actually mentioned the whistleblowers that testified last week. Really? Yes, I will get to that later. No joke. I was sitting there watching that going, really? 
Interesting. I think they want Joe out. I think this is the foot on the back moment. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it feels that way to me. It is it could very be. strange. That they, they now have all of a sudden started to turn on him. And when that happens, of course, people like Gavin Newsom are licking their chops. Right. Yeah. Gavin's going Gavin's gonna to show up at the White House with a gold watch for Joe. Yes. All right. right. <laughs> Time to go. Right. With a tape measure for the drapes. Yes. Well, if you go back just a day, a plea clip. This was on Fox. This was John Roberts, and he was talking to the legal expert, the George Washington professor, Jonathan Turley. And Turley was talking about panic from the media about the whole Hunter Biden thing. This is how John Roberts set this up. You know, the hotter this thing gets, it seems the more shrill Democrats are becoming and trying to make the whole thing go away. Yeah. Well, I think that's true, John. I think that there is almost a panic setting in with the media. They all want to move on because the alternative is to recognize one of the most significant corruption scandals in modern history. But it's something that the media played a role in suppressing. So they want everyone to move on. But that's just not going to happen. The evidence is mounting. And you had these two whistleblowers testify in Congress. And you'll notice the Democratic members asked very little about their specific allegations. That was it. It was just making statements. Uh, racism! Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nothing to do with what was actually being talked about. And it's because they have been reduced in the amount of maneuvering room by this evidence. They didn't want to trip any wires. When one of them, Representative uh, Dan Goldman from New York, tried, you he ended out, up David. demolishing the Biden defense in less than five minutes. He <laughs> got the witness to confirm that Joe Biden did, in fact, speak to his son about business dealings. Yeah, he did. Uh, so they're all in a position that they're hoping this will move on. Yeah. But the public, and more importantly, these committees are just not moving on. Another Nope. Especially not now, not after today. I mean, it just makes me laugh because on CBS, Margaret Brennan just, what, on Sunday, asked Chris Christie, well, he's about to plea out, so do Republicans need to just let it go, the Hunter Biden thing? Yes. And, well, apparently Hunter Biden's defense attorneys were not on the same page because they were assuming that they'd be protected from all future uh, prosecutions. Well, and so far they had been. Mm -hmm. I understand why they were expecting it. But you're absolutely right. We had that clip the other day of her saying, isn't it time to move on? Wow. Well, now in the narrative will be a Trump-appointed judge is out to get poor Hunter. Because <laughs> that's the way they defend it. Do you right. remember this was a Trump yeah. appointed judge? Actually, they'll do this. I'm telling you. Yes. As I sit here today, count how many times that comes up. Yeah. No, or that's at a least good call. they'll mention it. They'll say Donald Trump appointed judge said. Right. And they'll just put the colonel out there a little bit. You know, like, well, this is a Trump thing. So. Yes. Well, and again, we had heard, well, I think you had a clip ready to go today, David, that the allegations of corruption had been debunked. Oh, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as we're getting more and more evidence that Joe Biden was in on business deals that his son Hunter was cutting with foreign countries while Joe was vice president, including that time, uh, mm -hmm. he's also been caught in a lie about never having discussed business with his son. Now, former White House communications director Kate Bedingfield. Well, she's now a CNN contributor. Really? Of course. Of course she is. And she had okay. this to say last night. Okay. I think for the White House, you know, this is something that has been uh, an attempted attack that the Republicans have made on Joe Biden for five, six years now. It has been 
debunked by none other than Bill Barr, by Donald Trump's Justice Department. Really? And it's also, don't forget, from a communications perspective, in addition to the fact that the, the underlying facts have routinely been debunked and there's been no evidence uh, of these allegations that has surfaced, from a communications perspective, this is also a really challenging argument. You sort of have to have <laughs> a PhD in Ukrainian energy uh, payments and, you know, how the FBI moves, uh, you know, documents. I mean, for the average person to follow this, there's a really easy response for Democrats which is, this has been debunked by Donald Trump's Justice Department. But it hasn't, see. No, it, it wasn't. And when she brings up Bill Barr, no, Bill Barr did an interview with The Federalist a, a while back and just said, no, 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 this investigation wasn't closed down. It, 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 no, on the contrary, it was sent to Delaware for further investigation. Correct. But again, when people think that you're going overboard by saying media members like Kate Bedingfield are the enemy of the people, that is proof that it's true yeah. because it's propaganda. They're trying to get you to believe something that's not true. Most people, I really do believe this, just want the truth. But there's so many people standing in the way of it, and she's just another one. Wow. Okay, so more on that later today. There's other things happening today. Uh, the Dorcas, Mayorkas, Homeland yeah. Security, he's getting grilled today. I don't know if anything will come of it. No. Um, but he and he still won't answer questions. No, Republican Representative Matt Gates asked the Department of Homeland Security Secretary about two million people who've crossed the border on his watch who have not committed most serious crimes, uh, but are not here legally, nonetheless. I mean, they're they're illegally in this country. They're eligible for deportation. And the basic question was of that two million, that subset of people who've crossed the border in the last two and a half years, mm -hmm. how many of them have been deported? Okay. So, uh, Congressman, a few points. Number one. Just how many of the people? I just want to know how many. It's just a me. number. Congressman, uh, we are dealing with a completely broken immigration. I get oh, it. my God. I, no, no, no. Mr. Secretary, I'm not going to let you burn my five minutes. Do you know the answer? Do you know the number of people out of that two million that you've removed that aren't criminals? I do know that okay. we have removed more aggravated felons. Oh. Right. I'm not asking about them. You, you, How many? I, I've caveated that away because here's what I'm, I'm sort of getting and what your non-responsiveness is demonstrating. The Mayorkas doctrine is this. If you show up at the border and get released into the country, if you don't commit a specific aggravated felony, which, by the way, doesn't include a lot of assault and battery, doesn't include a lot of bad domestic Jeez. violence. But if you're not one of the people who commit those crimes, you get to stay forever. Is, is that a fair characterization of your doctrine? No, that is false. Then tell me how many you're sending home. No, that is false. Congressman. He won't answer the question. And we, we still to. got 20 seconds of the clip. <laughs> yeah. It's so frustrating. Did you do this to trip me? I did. Yeah. Okay. Dog collar that guy. Shock him every freaking time he won't answer. I've had but it. But we're dealing with a broken immigration system. Gosh dang. <laughs> Ow! Seriously, man. It is. And I know I understand the legal system. That's not the way the country works. But you can't tell me that there's not a whole lot of people in America that don't want to see some gangster crap going on with guys like that. And if you were confident, if you were confident in your answer, you would have no problem saying how many. Oh, he knows. I, well, I know he knows. But why why is he avoiding design. it? Well, because he knows it's a high number and he knows he has no uh, clue. Weasel. The guy's an activist. Jeez. Yes. In this country. Oh. In this country, 
there are between 11 and 12 million. Right, but I'm asking about a subset yeah. that you won't send home. And the reason you you're won't. smirking about it, and the reason you won't answer my question, is because everybody gets the joke. And the sad thing is, it's not just us here, it's the cartels who get the joke too. Oh, the cartels are benefiting. Oh, sure. The human trafficking. Yeah. I mean, a huge business. We, we, I've got a whole piece on it to get to later. You think Mayorkas cares? Of course not. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Good news. One piece of good news. Uh, we ended cancer. How do yeah. we do that? I, well, that should have been the lead. Well, Why well, is that buried? What? Joe Biden talked about it during an event yesterday. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear this, Scott? Uh, yes. Oh. Sort of lost faith for a while on being be able to do big things. If you could do anything at all, Joe, what would you do? I said I'd cure cancer. They looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's why. And we can. We ended cancer as we know it. We ended cancer as we know it? Is that what he said? Yeah, yep, that's, sure that's what he said. How? Well, well, we didn't. That's the thing. They didn't. I also, just this is a, a quibble aside from the blatant lie there or demonstration of senility. I, the whole setup to this, like, hey, if you could do one thing, Joe, what would it be? I'd cure cancer. The hell you say? Why would you even want to do that? Right. Like, who is actually surprised <laughs> or questioning why someone would say, yeah, if I could do one thing, it would be to cure cancer? We're dealing with more cancer right now, and it's come across the border. <laughs> no. uh, but but we're doing everything the, that we can. Blah, the, blah, 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 blah. A lot the, of families were shocked to hear that news. Yeah, yesterday. the yeah. official transcript says, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's why. And we can. We can end cancer as we know it. The official White House, trans, White House transcript says something that the president didn't actually say. They speak Biden, I guess. Yeah. No one else can the hear it. The whole department of cleanup on aisle five is yeah. hard at work. Oh, my gosh. Maybe his dog can hear it before he bites somebody else. <laughs> All right. We got another news update. There's a lot of breaking stuff going on right now. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, the big story is not to me about Hunter Biden. It's about Joe. That's what it's always been about with yeah. all of this stuff because it leads to him. And, and that's the one thing that I think... You know, if you're talking to, you know, different friends of yours, family members that have not believed how deep this corruption goes with the Biden family, that's what this is all about. Right. And so as we get this news today, it, he's expecting this plea deal to go through, and then all of a sudden, it's off the table. Yeah, he was supposed to reach this plea agreement and plead out to two felony, or I'm sorry, two misdemeanor tax charges and a, a what do they, they call it, a pretrial diversion Essentially, they're not going to prosecute him unless he breaks the law again on that felony gun charge. And during the conversation, the judge started asking prosecutors, hey, well, are, are you still going to be potentially charging under other crimes that have been alleged or at least suggested, both in whistleblower testimony last week and, and, and what prosecutors themselves have been looking into? And they said, well, in the future, yeah, we could. You know, we, we have not written off those potential future charges. The investigation is still ongoing. Hunter's lawyer said, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. We thought the deal was all of it goes away if you just plead to these two different tax misdemeanors <laughs> and the what is essentially probation for the felony gun charge. Right. The prosecutor said, no, that's not what the agreement was. And the judge said, so we don't have a deal then, do we? 
And so they're huddling right now, and there's a chance that they could strike some new deal. Uh, but as has been pointed out by reporters at the scene now, um, it kind of looks like the trial clock is running now. Wow. Okay. And then early next week, we're supposed to hear from Hunter's, well, former best friend, who is in business with him, was actually also on the board at Burisma, the Ukraine energy company, is going to talk about, yes, how Joe was absolutely involved with all of this business. He was there. Put him on the phone. So you also have that, which then you wonder, the other angle of this, how is media going to play it? Because they've tried to suppress this like crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think now this is something they got to pay attention to? Yeah. Maybe they can talk about how hot it is leading up to the court steps. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think it is. Yeah. I think it's something that you got to talk about at this point. I do too. Yeah. I'll get the clip from ABC where they actually mentioned the whistleblowers that testified last week because last week they didn't mention it. It's really something. Yeah. You know, and again, man, I know that the Today Show and CBS This Morning and Good Morning America is not the end-all, be-all of news. I always use that as a barometer because that's how a lot of people in the country get their news. And I know that it skews uh, more female than male, Mm -hmm. but it is, you know, they're supposed to at least cover the big stories of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's all of that. And then there's the hearing today about the border crisis. And are you telling me we're going to hear from one of our favorites, Hank Johnson, today? Yes, yes. we are. We are going to hear yeah. from Hammer and Hank Johnson. All right. Fantastic. That's I, always something to look forward yes. to, isn't it? Yes. That is. That, to me, is a gift, David. Thank you for bringing that in today. I do appreciate that. We're going to unwrap some Hank Johnson. All right. Also, the Canadian Bar Association, talking about helping depressed people die. Yes. Well, it's all about their, what do they call it, medical assistance in dying. It's euthanasia is what they're talking about. And the Canadian government has gone way to the extreme to where even euthanasia advocates in Europe and elsewhere in the world are saying, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Because as of next March, they're going to allow people with bipolar disorder and depression to be killed by the Canadian government if they so choose. Yeah. There's a lot to get to, no doubt. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial. The Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay. Big news today, David. The plea deal for Hunter Biden. Yeah. Not so fast. Yeah, so there was some confusion in the courtroom regarding the president's son uh, about what the prosecution was agreeing to with them. And so initially, I guess the defense team thought that this plea agreement would essentially null and void any other prosecutions related to the overall investigation. So he pleads down to misdemeanor tax charges and then essentially gets probation for a felony gun charge. Don't do it again. Kiss and make up. Hunter Biden can go back to making art. (laughs) And... (laughs) um, and and so prosecutors said, well, wait a minute, we never agreed to not prosecute for something else. So that caused some legal wrangling. They broke for about 10 minutes. And now, according to reporters in the courtroom, it appears that there is a narrower deal uh, that is being worked out. That does that essentially I'll just read from uh, Manu Raju on 
CNN. <laughs> okay. Again, it's CNN, so take this for what it's worth. It could be right. completely the opposite of, of what he's reporting right now. But uh, he says the Hunter Biden plea proceedings have restarted, and the president's son has agreed to a limited agreement that covers 2014, 2019, 2014 through 2019, that only includes conduct related to tax offenses, drug use, and gun possession. So, in other words, the FARA, the failing to uh, register as a foreign agent, that's yeah. on the table. But then all the other things that the IRS whistleblowers were talking about, <clears throat> yes, presumably that's off the table now. Like, he won't be charged ever for things that experts in the field say should have been felonies. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait a minute. No way. You can't take that. No, no, no. That's impeachable stuff for Joe, what he did. No. Okay. There's another angle to this, too. Uh, listen to this. This was part of Good Morning America this morning. Terry Moran was on this, talking about, you know, whether or not this was going to happen. They expected the plea to go through, but... There's also an 11th hour dispute in this case, with the federal judge overseeing it threatening to sanction Hunter's legal team, writing that a staffer on the Biden legal team appears to have misrepresented her identity and who she worked for in order to get the clerk's office to remove Hunter's tax documents that were shared with the court by House Republicans. They get that removed. Yeah. Hmm. Hunter's team calling it all an unfortunate and unintentional miscommunication, <laughs> including a <laughs> sworn know, affidavit from that staffer. Gosh dang. Kawinky dink, right? Yeah, it's just, you know, mistakes happen, Jamie. We're human. Of course. Yes. Um, and of course, they went with, you know, the Trump appointed judge. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Okay. okay that remember, one said, well, I can't do it. And then Garland said, well, he'd be the one. No, it's got to be, it's got to come from Garland. Blah, blah, blah. Did they ever agree on that? What do you mean? Well, that's a separate issue. David Weiss is the prosecutor. Yes. Yeah. The but but um, this is what I'm saying. I'll play the clip, and then I'm saying I call BS on this unless you tell me otherwise. Okay. It's negotiated by the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney for yeah. Delaware, David Weiss, who President Biden kept in his role to oversee the probe of his son. Weiss, along with Attorney General Merrick Garland, have told Congress that Weiss had final say in this case, writing last month he had ultimate authority over where, when, and whether to file charges. Well, that's most definitely in dispute. Yes, because he said it had to come from Garland. Yeah. Garland's like, eh, not me. Got to come from him. Whichever. All right. Forget all of that. There is another piece that I want to play, and this is Dan Abrams. They bring him in. He is their legal correspondent, right? Mm -hmm. I can remember if you go back, say, 10 years, you knew who that was, there'd be a level of respect there. Like, I may not agree with him politically, but, yeah, okay, I don't yeah. think he's, like, lying to me. You know, that sort of thing. I think this is the clip. The judge is going to prove this, right? You would expect that would be the case. I mean, typically, for a low-level offenses like this, a judge would accept a plea deal. Because think about it. The two parties involved, the prosecution and the defense, have now agreed to what the outcome should be. Now, oh, really? there are occasions when a judge will step in and say, this is not in the interest of justice. This is unfair in one way or another and won't accept the deal. But I think that would be unlikely. <laughs> really? No. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I, I think, you know, a few hours ago, maybe that was true. And, and it turned out that they actually hadn't agreed right. to what the plea agreement was. So that was on the on the shoulders of the attorneys 
who were supposedly making this deal. You would think you would get some clarity on that before going in front of a judge, though. Yes, you would. I, yeah, yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Well, and I think when you've heard different legal people talk about this mm-hmm. as far as a sweetheart deal for Hunter Biden, they're like, oh, yeah, of course, it's because of who he is. Not according to Dan Abrams. It's a sweetheart deal. Tough argument to make legally. If you take the politics out of it entirely, you just talk to lawyers who deal with the tax cases, or you look at the particular gun charge, they will tell you that it is a tough argument to make that somehow he's getting a particularly good deal here. Some would even say he wouldn't have been charged at all if he hadn't been Hunter Biden. Uh, I'm sorry, that's hackery. That's pure hackery. Isn't it? Well, on, yes. on the gun charge alone, dude, I know, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, and I repeat this all the time, but... There's a lady in Virginia whose six-year-old son stole her gun, went into his classroom, shot a teacher. She's being charged by this same Justice Department for the exact same crime that Hunter Biden is not being prosecuted for. And that is lying on a background check about your drug use. She was just smoking weed, though. Yeah, it wasn't like crack. But it's on her by it's not really a sweetheart deal. Come on. Yeah, she's going to prison Just, for the better part of two years. Yeah. Hackery is being nice, I think. Yeah, the IRS, they they love you when you don't file your taxes. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. All right, we gotta get to uh Hank Johnson. Yeah. Uh Democrat uh Hank Johnson was part of the panel grilling the Department of Homeland Security Secretary, uh Alejandro Mayorkas and well, apparently talking about the border crisis is actually worse than the border crisis itself. Okay, oh this guy, as if you listen to the show, you know he's had some doozies over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's enjoy this together. MAGA Republican extremists want to sell us on an apocalyptic fantasy. They want the American people to believe that the border is out of control, that drugs are flowing in freely. <laughs> that September 11th-style terrorists are infiltrating with impunity. Hold on a second. Are you saying there's drugs not coming through the border? And it's not out of control? That's some fantasy? Like we all just believe our lying eyes with all the video everywhere? This guy. And all the opioid deaths? We're just, okay. All right, Hank. Apocalyptic fantasy. Oh, my goodness. And that Latino immigrants are coming to rape, rob, and murder our families, but in reality, the greatest threat facing our homeland Here we go. is white nationalist <laughs> ideology that go. lies beneath such rhetoric. It's there all, you go. It's all those white nationalist <laughs> extremists who have shut down Walgreens in San Francisco. <laughs> These white nationalist mega extremists. <laughs> Are the ones bringing uh, fentanyl in <laughs> through the southern border. Everybody knows that. Now, this is the same guy again. He's not all that bright. He, he was worried that Guam would tip over. Right. Yes. If you put too much military hardware on the island. This is true. He also gave an impassioned defense of helium, saying he that, well, it's necessary. Because how yeah. else are comedians going to get that funny, high-pitched voice? Voice. And then, of course... He did a play-by-play on what might happen if enough midgets got together to fight a giant. Of the three, Guam capsizing, I've heard a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. To just picture the island going up over and, like, flipping people in the air (laughs) into the sea. Goodbye. (laughs) Capsize. That's that guy. 
Yeah. Okay, you're telling me you can't get ahead in America as a person of color, and that dude's in Congress. The whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. <laughs> capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. <laughs> I've, I've devoted my life to serving in uniform to protect the United States homeland, and I got an answer to this jackass. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. It's all the Irish Catholics that coming over the border, <laughs> bringing fentanyl <laughs> and drinking all of your Jameson. <laughs> okay, At that point of the show. I know we're a little the late. Wafers are fentanyl. <laughs> Uh, this may not be the biggest story out there today, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? This is a quick one. I just want to throw this one out here. Representative Greg Kassar, he's a, uh, a super far-left liberal from Austin, Texas. And uh, he has been standing up for workers, for labor unions, demanding okay. water breaks in federal law. Um, okay. He was on a hunger strike and a thirst strike. Uh, he ended it yesterday. After a grueling eight hours, <laughs> he actually promoted video of him taking a sip of water for the first time in eight hours. Eight hours? You skipped yeah, lunch. You... That's what right. you did. Right. <laughs> it's not a hunger strike. Or his hand shaking when he took it to put the glass in his hand. The top comment on his, uh, on his page when he uh, shared it was, I haven't pooped in 24 hours. I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, my story involves the, I don't know if you guys know it or not, but we're in a crisis in terms of heat in this country right now. Yeah. It's the heat wave in July, smack dab in the middle of summer. Now, you may be wondering what's causing this, right? Yeah. And we can only prove, we can only go one way on this. It has to be global warming, right? So, uh, all the time. Well, man. there's another factor, according to Hillary Clinton, who tweeted out, hot enough for you, question mark? Thank a MAGA Republican. Or better yet, this vote them out of office. So it's your fault it's hot. You MAGA voting climate alarmist. Yes. She, yes. What an idiot. What, you know, no, yes, no skill set whatsoever. By the way, just so you know, it's not the Mitt Romney's. It's only the MAGA Republican. Right. Well, well, yes, right. Okay, just, you know. Well, I and, just love solving problems. Yeah, yeah. you do. Mm -hmm. And while she takes off on her Boeing 737 to visit some other far-off land. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Okay, uh, real quick, uh, for my story today, speaking about the heat, clothes with built-in fans are getting more popular. I hadn't even seen them. But that there's a whole story on it. Really? Like little tiny fans inside your pant legs? Maybe. Maybe your shirt. Hmm. David's talking about, you know, things that look like headphones that are fans that blow up in your face. Yeah. I still haven't seen them. Seen a lot of people walking around with those. They do look downright refreshing. Is it a mist or just a fan? I think there are mister ones, but I, the yeah. ones I've seen, it only looked like the fans. Dang. You'd like one, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. Somebody will send it to you, I'll bet you. One will show up here within a week. You can oh. almost guarantee it. <laughs> okay. I want mist with mine, though, if I can get it. Just a little mist. Yeah. Just a little bit, yeah? Yeah, just still enough of a miss to be refreshing. Okay. Mm -hmm. A little squirt? Sure. All right. Much to get to. Another update on this Hunter Biden plea deal and where all of this goes next. Straight ahead.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so there is now a new plea deal with Hunter Biden. Yeah, it looks like they have gone back and made a deal that, excuse me, more narrowly applies to the tax-related charges, the misdemeanor charges, and the uh, what is essentially uh, probation for the felony gun charge. Uh, So what had happened, though, this morning, Hunter Biden is in court expecting to take this plea deal. Mm-hmm. The defense attorneys evidently demanded protection from all future, all future prosecution. Like you're, you're not going to prosecute us at all for anything that <laughs> happened under the scope of the current investigation. And the prosecutor said, "Wait, that's not what we agreed to." And although I will be honest, I was given the impression that that is exactly what they had agreed to. Um, and so then the judge says, "Well, it doesn't sound like you have a deal, do you?" So then they broke for about 10 minutes. They come back together, and apparently it's going to be very narrow uh, related to tax filings from 2015 to 2019 uh, and with the specific misdemeanor charges along with the uh, uh, deferred prosecution or whatever the the verbiage is on the felony gun charge. Okay. So how do you think media will spin it then? To say to the people watching, okay, well, this takes care of the Hunter thing then. Well, uh, apparently, uh, right now, the initial reaction is that the prosecutors changed their mind at the last minute. So if you're like me thinking, oh, I I thought they were basically saying we're not going to prosecute you for anything that we've been investigating. Well, apparently a lot of people in news media were under that same impression. Wow. Which makes it even more embarrassing that a lot of these jack wagons were out there going, this was not a sweetheart deal. This well, was usually, actually yeah, a, a couple steps deals. behind on the legal stuff. I, I did not think that was the case. Mm-hmm. I thought you had ongoing stuff that was different than just, you know, taxes and the gun charge. That you have this other stuff, you know, the, I mean, you're doing business with foreign entities. You didn't tell anybody. You got to do that. Other people have been in trouble for that. But then again... To me, the whole big story has always been how it leads to Joe. Because as far as the crackhead son, yeah, whatever. Okay. But how does it lead to Joe Biden and his corruption? That's the big story still, at least to me. But I don't think, you know, legacy media wants to treat it that way. And real quick, and you mentioned this, man, in Canada... With the assisted suicide, this is crazy Dude, yeah. and dark. It is really dark. They have gotten really extreme with it. And starting next March, people who are depressed or suffering from bipolar disorder are eligible to have the state euthanize them. Golly, man. Which wow. is beyond what most medical assistance and dying advocates have supported. Well, the Canadian Bar Association... They've been involved in the uh, legal wranglings of this is now demanding that Canada stick to the program and let them kill depressed people and depressed, mature children. Their words, (laughs) mature minors who are depressed. You have to stick to this because it is cruel and unusual punishment to not allow the state to euthanize depressed people. That's their argument. It's sick, wow. man. Man, I'll it really you, is. A lot of questions I have on that one. Who decides? <laughs> well, dude, you think about how many things in the last five to ten years you never thought you would see Jeez. that you're actually seeing. Start. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. 
Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David. The latest on Hunter Biden, the right. plea deal. Well, okay, so Hunter Biden, the plea deal apparently fell apart, but it didn't really. Here's what happened. Hunter was supposed to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and basically get probation for the felony gun charge where he lied on his background check about drug use. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, the defense attorneys apparently believed that this deal would wipe out any other future prosecution related to this investigation. They couldn't have really believed that. They're just trying to slip it in. The The prosecutor said, no, that's not true. So the deal was dead. But then they got back together, agree, and have apparently agreed to the plea deal without the part about him never being charged for anything else related to this investigation. And what you said there, that that's one theory out there that they were just trying to, like, pull a fast one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I buy that, though, because okay. this really seems like theater to me. Because, I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable that the defense wouldn't know that the investigation was still going to go on. And so maybe they had sort of an under-the-table agreement that the investigation would be ongoing, but then nothing else would ever come of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now that more damning evidence against Hunter and his dad has come out, and also you've got these whistleblowers that claim the DOJ was stonewalling their investigation, the prosecutors had to make a show of saying, no, we're still investigating. No one is above the law. Got it. That's what it feels like to me. That could be. It's a good take. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, you're trying to make sense of something that makes no sense. And yes, that's... Well, trying to get into the mind of a deceptive liar. Trying to, right, trying to figure it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the play? Yeah, there's got to be one, right? Yeah. I still don't think it's going away. I mean, listen... You know, <laughs> you almost hesitate to give House Republicans any credit for anything. Uh, but they have brought a lot of this to light as far as the receipts on how this goes with Hunter and Joe Biden yeah. and how they made millions of dollars for the Biden family using Joe's position. And I think it's a lot deeper than we even know right now. But as we've said so many times, there's so many people in the country that don't even know what's going on. And the media, on purpose, have turned a blind eye to it. And I don't think it's going away because there's still more evidence to get to. I think there's still some more whistleblowers out there. So we'll see where it all goes. Meanwhile, with all of this happening, you had a flashback, David. And this was Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Uh, So Hunter Biden, of course, in court today, and they're wrangling over the... uh, misdemeanor tax crimes issue uh but remember what he said back in may during the interview on msnbc with stephanie rule this is joe biden oh yeah sir there is something personal that's affecting you your son while there's no ties to you could be charged by your department of justice how will that impact your presidency first of all my son's done nothing wrong i trust him i have faith in him and it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him Golly. Okay. Nothing wrong, huh? Then why is he begging to plead guilty? 
Yes. I mean, I don't know, man. If that's your kid, do you say those words? Because I know the left loves to say, well, this is a man who loves his son. This is what this is about. Okay, can't you say as a dad, hey, my son, I love him, okay? He's made mistakes. He admits it. He is trying to be on a different path now. We support him in that and, you know, want to be there for him, you know, any way possible. I mean, if your son was Hunter Biden, and I'm not even looking to take shots, I'm asking an honest question. Do you trust him? No. Well, no. I mean, you you can you can love somebody without, you know, just saying, oh, I'm going to hand the keys over to you. I've known plenty of parents that have had kids that have gone off the rails that mm-hmm. would tell you, I don't trust them. I'm hoping they make right choices. Well, I think we throw but out the But look term, at the body of work. Right. We throw out the term unconditional love a lot. And I've always maintained that sometimes with relationships, whether it's father to son, father to daughter, whatever, father to wife, father to mother to father, there are conditions. There are lines that can't be crossed. Such as? Committing a heinous crime. Oh. Well, well see, I, I think you can still love them. But you're not. Yeah, but they're. But you disavow. No, but, but, you know. Saying, hey, that what they did. And, I'm and not also, down with. Joe can, was supporting his habits. Somebody was. Well, yeah, I mean, you're helping him get money. That's for sure. Yeah. There's I mean, no doubt about that. I the other know, part man. of that piece there, the hackery yeah. of Stephanie Rule. I mean, that that's disgusting. There's no ties to you. And there's no ties to you. How do you know? Right. Well, that's, they've been saying that since it started. Yeah, and I don't think she writes that. Someone writes that right. for her. Yeah. Powers that be. Okay. So there's your update on that. Smartest guy he knows. Um, boy, one of the big stories covered this morning on the morning news shows was LeBron James' son. Cardiac arrest being taken. This is crazy. 18 years old. And, and you got the sirens going. I mean, there is, you know, you have the medical professionals performing CPR. Okay. And you're watching the coverage. And no one's going to say it. And I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I know it was for the vaccine. I don't even know if the kid was vaccinated. No, we don't know. I have no idea. I'm assuming I, he was because he was allowed to play college basketball. Well, I mean, I think, what was the stat? Like two-thirds of kids in California were vaccinated. Just saw that stat. Mm-hmm. So, And again, man, I'm not saying that's what it is. But you know, certainly, a lot of people are wondering, oh, my gosh, how often does that happen? And I just happened to see this this morning about a study out of Switzerland about heart injuries from the vaccine 3,000 times higher than they thought. Okay. 3,000? Yeah, this was hot air. David Strom said it's a small study, but it's a disturbing one. We keep uh, being told that injury to the heart from the COVID vaccine is very rare, but a study done in Switzerland indicates that the rate of subclinical myocarditis after the COVID vaccine is hardly rare at all. Now, it depends on what your definition of rare is. Okay. So they said there was about 3% of the 777 participants that were in this study. And this was median age 37, all medical professionals getting the vaccine. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the CDC did a study. And from that, they claimed the rate was 0.001%. One out of 100,000. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, no, about 3% is a lot higher than that. Yeah. Another 0.3% had probable myocarditis, putting the total at, again, over 3%. So that's 3,000 times higher than what the U.S. government said. So it goes in the piece. And you read different things. Um, you know, it talks about the study, one oddity, the rate of myocarditis among the participants heavily weighted toward women, not men. Okay, that's a little different than what people had seen before. Um, one of the reasons they said... Um, could be the different ages of the people involved. Because one of the variables is that myocarditis complications are more common in young men. And this study skewed both female and middle-aged professionals. So it, that doesn't represent everyone, you know, in society that got the vaccine, obviously. But he says, in any case, it does shed quite a light on just how deceptive the CDC, the FDA, have been about vaccine safety and how intentionally ignorant they have chosen to be. This was not a complicated study to do. The, reacher, the researchers chose a, co a cohort easy to recruit, tested them both before and after vaccination to create a baseline of comparison and analyze the data. And it goes on to say there are a lot of people that may have had myocarditis, but they never go to the hospital until something really goes wrong. Again, how often have you ever heard of this happening with someone? At 18 years old, it's been a few. There was another kid from USC, and you mentioned it yesterday, David, mm -hmm. that it was like a year ago. Yeah. The the interesting thing that I think people, uh, as they investigate this, and I wish that in the U.S., our health authorities were a little bit more open about this because they don't want to talk about any risk associated with the COVID vaccines. Right. But one, one thing that I've wondered, and I think we've talked about it on the show, I do wonder... If you know that there's an elevated risk of, of myocarditis after getting COVID in general, mm -hmm. and there's an elevated risk of getting my, myocarditis after getting the vaccine, I wonder if there's a compounding effect on that. Like if you've already had COVID and then you yeah. go get the COVID vaccine, does that just you know double your chances of getting it? I, I don't know. That's just one thing that seems like would kind of pile on top of one another to me. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, crazy story there. Um, something else to get to. There is a lawsuit now from the band that got a music festival canceled. There. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the 1975, the front man uh, said something about uh, the anti-LGBTQ plus laws in uh, Malaysia yes. during the Good Vibes Festival. And then he yeah. kissed one of his bandmates on the mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Matt Healy is the dude's name. Yeah, and uh, Malaysian authorities said, okay, uh, this this Good Vibes uh, festival is canceled. It's gone. Nope, you broke oh, the rules. Wow. That was it. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of local musicians who were kind of banking on getting the exposure from this and yeah. also local vendors who were kind of banking on making some money here and it got canceled because these guys uh, did something that they weren't supposed to do. And so they're going to sue. They're suing now for damages because the they lost wow. out on a ton of money. Because they had a bunch of other bands who couldn't play and they didn't yeah. get paid. And yeah. Right. Well, like the, the, the major acts from abroad, they got their money already. They got it up front. But yeah. the local okay. guys, they're banking on getting a cut of the door or the bar or just the exposure of being there. And wow. boom, they got screwed over because some guy wanted to be a social justice warrior. 
knowing that there would be no consequences for him. A couple of those bands were probably formed in 1975. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to protest yeah, right. when you're not the right. one affected at yeah. all. Yeah, the guy who runs the dunk tank can't pay his rent now. Right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's really interesting. Wow. Okay. Much more to get to. Uh, a lot of updates coming in. And are you telling me? Oh, yeah, this has got to be a joke, right? Is NBC News saying that going outside causes trauma for the black community? No, yes. NBC News is saying that, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta hear that. That news update straight ahead. Is going on. Wow. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, I'll amend my take from just about 10 minutes ago. Uh, so, Hunter Biden has now pleaded not guilty to two tax crimes after the plea deal with prosecutors unraveled today. Wait a minute. So so here's 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 the state of play. Here's what's happened so far today. Okay. Hunter Biden, the son of the president of course, was supposed to go uh and accept a plea deal in court in federal court and plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax violations, not filing your taxes in a timely manner. That's the only thing he did. Uh, um, and then also a uh, pretrial diversion, essentially getting probation for a felony gun charge because he lied on a background check form about his drug use. Mm-hmm. And so they get into the courtroom today and the defense attorneys say, yeah, and this deal uh, would protect me from or protect my client from all future uh, prosecutions arising out of this particular uh, investigation. And the prosecutor said, well, no, that's not actually what we agreed to. We're saying that um, we are going to, you know, with these particular tax crimes, we're going to let you plead down to a misdemeanor, and then we'll right. just tell you to not do it again with the felony gun charge. That's it. But you've done a lot more than that, so heck no, you're not going to... Right, you're not getting that no. deal. And so it looked like, just a few moments ago, it appeared that they had narrowed down the plea agreement. And yeah. again, they don't allow cameras in the in federal courts... So you're kind of relying on a game of telephone from reporters in the courtroom, uh, you know, telling people outside the courtroom, here's what happened, and then it gets broadcast to the rest of us who are in neither locations. Well, apparently that deal was not satisfactory. So Hunter Biden has pleaded not guilty to two tax crimes after a plea deal with prosecutors unraveled. So the deal was not on. Okay, so Uh, what's your... First reaction, I'll just be honest, mine is, the thought is we thought we could get this through and all the investigations would be done, so no, we have no deal. Because we certainly know Hunter's guilty of a lot of stuff. That might be too simple of a take, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. What do you guys got? Here's the thing. You're pleading not guilty to the tax evasion for what, 18 and 19 or 17 or 18? Two years there, right? He didn't pay taxes. 15 and 19. 15 to 19. Okay, several years he didn't pay taxes. That's the way I understand it. Now, this is an easy thing. You can plead not guilty all day. They've got your information or they don't. You either <laughs> did or you didn't. This can be done in a phone call. You would think. To the IR. Trust me. They will find <laughs> you. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't have the kind of lawyers no, that Hunter has. I was in a coma. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm sure I did, but you didn't. This is, I don't understand any of this now. 
first you say, but I did. But it's easy to yeah. track where your income was from. Yeah. His, well, from Barisma, yeah. and it's getting funneled through different places. Yeah. It's a little more complex. I, I just would have had like 12 LLCs set up. I'd yes, have been fine. That's true, yeah. Gosh, dang it. Yeah. But it's but still you filed no tax there aren't any, there's no record of anything. He didn't file anything. So are you surprised, David, that he pled not guilty? I can't well, first I, of all, you're saying you're guilty, right? I'm guilty. That's the first thing you enter. Guilty. I, okay, I'm gonna plead guilty. And now you well, say, Well, I was gonna plead guilty, but now I'm not gonna plead guilty. Yeah, well that and and honestly, that's all that really matters. I, I suppose a plea agreement could still be reached at some point. The judge is saying, uh, you know, you got to go back to the drawing board. We got to find out more information. So this doesn't necessarily guarantee a trial, as I understand it, um, because it could come out that, oh, we actually have reached a new agreement. But the idea of saying I was prepared to enter a uh, guilty plea uh, doesn't really matter. What matters is how you surprised by what's happened. Am I surprised? Yeah, I am surprised. Okay, I'm shocked. Shocked. I'm too. Because from everything that we were reading, that was a pretty nice deal he had. But apparently he thought he was going to get more. Boy, oh boy. Trying to figure out all the chess pieces here. Exactly, you know, yeah. There's what, a lot coming down, what's too. What does this move mean, right? Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Guess I don't have to ask. Biggest <laughs> story of the day. Yeah. Although I do think that all of this is happening on the same day that Congress is having a hearing on UFOs. Coincidence? I think not. The judge is clearly one of the lizard people from the skies. <laughs> Appointed by Donald Trump. Appointed by Donald Trump. <laughs> Meanwhile, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre is saying, uh, no, no comment on Hunter Biden. He's a private citizen. <laughs> Who happens to live at the White House and leave yeah, cocaine right, exactly. places. Yeah, All right. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Oh, boy. Okay. So we got an update on that. We still have to get to the NBC News report, how going outside causes trauma for the black community. I don't, I I think we all need to understand that one. Straight ahead. All right. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. And your uh, old news background is handy on a day like today, David, with a lot of stuff breaking. Yeah, so Hunter Biden, uh, the president's son, was expected to enter a guilty plea today as part of a plea agreement uh, over his tax problems. The charges were just going to be two misdemeanor tax violations. And then, again, essentially probation on a uh, felony gun charge for lying on a background check about his drug use. Well, then it crumbled because evidently the defense was under the impression that this would shield him from future prosecution having anything to do with the investigation into him. So notably, like the FARA violation that is failing to register as a foreign agent, they kind of thought, mm-hmm. well, that was going to go away. And the prosecution said, well, no, we, we could still bring charges on those things. Uh, so uh, the deal crumbled apart. And the judge, it looked like initially they had reached a more narrow plea agreement, but then the judge said, well, no, I'm not going to rubber stamp this. And so Hunter Biden has pleaded not guilty in this case. And there's still an opportunity for them to work out some sort of agreement. But uh, barring that, it looks like trial time. We'll see what happens. Okay. Where do you think it goes from here? 
Well, now your guess is as good as mine now. I think a lot has to do with the other investigations and how many more whistleblowers are out there. And you've got Hunter's, you know, former best friend is going to testify next week, you know, to basically saying Joe Biden was on the phone with these foreign entities setting up these business deals Mm -hmm. that was profiting the Biden family. That's a big deal. I mean, there's never been a time. Certainly since we've all been doing this, and I would say in my lifetime, that there was this big a story. Even if it turns out to say, okay, not be true. There was really nothing there. It was, you know, Russiagate all over again, Mm -hmm. okay, that was not covered by media. The Washington Post, I didn't realize this until I heard this report yesterday, because I knew the failing New York Times kind of, buried the story you had two irs whistleblowers testify last week that's a huge deal the washington post didn't cover it at all (laughs) that's inexplicable well it's not it's too early to take down joe so you know they still have to be regime media for now plus the fact it's hot man that's true (laughs) did you know that in july it's hot in phoenix Yeah, yeah i had no idea hmm yeah, I know. I, I know they, they're focused on the weather. I understand. They're, did you know yesterday, severe thunderstorm in New York City, and it was during rush hour. Oh, no. Yeah, well, that was part of the lead of Good Morning America. Severe storm slamming the Northeast, descending over New York City right during rush hour. <laughs> yeah, they don't have headlights or windshield wipers there. <laughs> but still, you didn't cover that at all with the whistleblowers. That's just, no. it's, that's sort of mind-blowing so you have that going on meanwhile the crisis at the border is still a crisis still have people just flooding right through it has not stopped even though the democrats it depends on how you want to define things no it's orderly they just come on in and they get the app and then they go to work somewhere basically i'm not even joking that's what's going on it's an orderly crime (laughs) yes right it's not yeah just uh, Note to future criminals, uh, just don't do a smash and grab. Do a walk-in take. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Just be somewhere near mostly peaceful. Yeah, right. Then you want to straighten out the the cosmetics before you steal them and then, you know, leave them as... (laughs) It's called the merchandise and steal. (laughs) Right. So, Mayorkas... Who drives me crazy. Oh, yeah, he does. He's such a weasel. You're like yelling at TV. You're like me. Dude, this guy, it's the same thing. Okay, he should have been impeached. Doesn't do his job. He lies constantly. Okay, Alejandro Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security, and he's answering questions today. But actually, he's not answering questions. No. And he's saying we have operational control of the border. So Democrat Representative Sheila Jackson Lee asked him a question. It was more of a statement. But his answer to me is really telling once you get through the uh, garbled mess of a question. Okay. Would you say, uh, having been asked this over and over again, uh, that the United States, the President of the United States, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and all of the hardworking men and women uh, at the border uh, have operational control or have a form of, of, um, uh, of, of presence uh, that they are aware of what's going on in the border and that they're working to secure the border every single day? As we define that term, Congresswoman, we do. As, As we, we define, define it. it. Yeah. Weasley. Just so weasley. 
It's just weaselly language. We, yes. Everything is so slimy. As, as I define it, I'm at a healthy weight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing a fantastic job. Right. At the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> By the way, did you see the story? The uh, senior Department of Homeland Security official that was doing an interview with the Migration Policy Institute of what they actually said? This, this is pretty wild to me. This is Blas Nunez Nato. He said, we see migrants now routinely paying smuggling organizations vast sums of money often more than $10,000 to $15,000 to facilitate their journey to the border. So, yes, the cartel human smuggling business is booming. Yeah. Well, well, of course it is. At least he admits it. Yeah. yeah th- there's There was one port of entry in South Texas that they had to shut down for a little while because you know how the Biden administration put out this little app that yeah. lets people come into the country uh, well, what would have been illegally, but now it's legal because they let them know they were coming on this app. In this case, it was Mexican authorities holding people hostage, essentially, because they had access to this data and they knew when their appointment was on the other side of the border. So they said, hey, you want to make it on time? <laughs> well, you better give us some money. Wow, man. They, they gave- and of course, we know all this. The human suffering going on, and they don't no, care. No. no, they don't at all. No, this this official from Department of Homeland Security said, this is so lucrative, in fact, we're now seeing the drug cartels increasingly become a key player in not just collecting taxes for people who transit through their territory, which is what we've seen historically, but actually moving people and becoming deeply involved in human smuggling, not just in Mexico, but throughout the region. Okay. Mm. I don't think you're going to see that in any legacy media. Wow. <laughs> we have the app. We know when your appointment is. That's yeah. crazy, David. Right. Man, oh, man. Okay. We mentioned this before. Please explain how NBC News is coming up with this story that going outside causes trauma for the black community. Yeah. Well, I they don't did, understand this. They did this story. It was a, a writer who happens to be black who talked about going to a survival school in Texas where you live out in the wilderness and you have to learn how to make a fire. You have to learn how to make shelter, catch food, etc. And she said, well, there was I was one of four black people, including the instructor, by the way, who was black. But apparently the fact that there were white people also there made her feel out of place. Hmm, I don't know. And then it's a profile on a bunch of organizations. And I don't, you know, to me, I I don't have a problem with these organizations existing, but they are geared towards black people getting into the great outdoors. Okay. Which is fine. I mean, I think it's kind of odd. It seems like the outdoors are kind of for everyone. But in this article, she claims that there is generational trauma because segregation existed in national parks until like 1945. I, I don't understand the premise, but okay. That that apparently uh, there are people who are fighting against white supremacy on hiking trails. And all I can think is, I got hiking trails near my house. I go yeah. out there with the dog or with the kids fairly frequently. I see a lot of black people on those hiking trails. None of them look traumatized. Uh, no. <laughs> 
I mean, so maybe they are. Like nature, not just going outside, but this is something yeah. to do like with hiking and right. nature and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of all the friends I've had throughout time. Where you're going outside, whether you're, it was baseball, basketball, it was, a, you know, like a big outdoor party, some barbecue or something. I don't ever remember saying something. I get triggered when I go out. No. Nope. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen. What it seems like the real core of it, because they bring up something that uh, is, and it's been a joke for a long time. I remember hearing this joke even growing up that, uh, you know, uh, black people would say to each other that like doing hiking stuff. Well, that's for white people. And it was more because the, the, the statement was more. It's because white people are dumb enough to, like, go out into the wilderness for a few days (laughs) without running water and whatnot. That was the joke. I mean, very famously in the great film, uh, Deep Blue Sea, LL Cool J said that joke to (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson because Samuel L. Jackson had survived an avalanche on Mount Everest. Got it. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a fine, fine piece of cinematic adventure. Um, Excellent. But yeah, I but to me I think you're really more looking at the urban suburban rural divide here. If you grow up in the city, uh a lot of times the idea of going out of of going hiking and camping is kind of a foreign concept. And so that's really I to me that seems to be the bigger issue, not about black people feeling traumatized by the idea of camping. Dude, this is this ongoing effort to divide people. That's why NBC does a story like that. I'm convinced of that. You think about what the media has done with Florida. Oh, yeah. With education. Say, and they're lying to people. And you've pointed this out many times, David. Lying to people saying, well, the governor of Florida is pro-slavery. Because he says slaves benefited from slavery. No, it's this one little line. And you're familiar with it, David. What does yeah. the line say? Well, it's, it's essentially a, um, a footnote that says that while talking about what common tasks were for enslaved populations in America, um, you can talk about examples of people who used those skills after slavery or even during slavery uh, as a benefit. And one of the examples is, is like the Underground Railroad is how they uh, like used spirituals in order to send coded messages to get people right. out of slavery. And, and, so, and, 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 and so they've completely, the left has completely made this whole conspiracy theory up that the state of Florida is going to tell middle schoolers that slavery was a good thing. Yes. And so you had a clip of Dr. William B. Allen? Yeah, one of the guys involved in the curriculum writing. Yes, from Florida's African-American History Standards Work Group that put it together. No one ever talks about that, okay? And so Megyn Kelly had that guy on her show yesterday, and she plays him clips of Kamala Harris, okay? Kamala's saying this about it. Propaganda to our children. This is the United States of America. We're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Let us not be distracted by what they're trying to do, which is to create unnecessary debates to divide our country. Yeah. Extremists pass book bans to prevent them from learning our true history. They push forward revisionist history. They decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. So they 
wanted William B. Allen's response to that, who helped write it, Megyn Kelly did. And this is what he had to say. Well, let me first make an observation that helps us think through this. We, we know the vice president well, and we know that when she speaks spontaneously, she has an unavoidable cackle. But when she's <laughs> speaking from a script, she's very grave and very serious. So we know she's following a script here. And the script is that she has to reject what is common sense in the name of an ideological agenda. It's as simple as that. So, so my reaction is, is straightforward, and I think this would be true of anyone who participated in this process, namely that Booker T. Washington titled his autobiography Up From Slavery. That's his story, not our story. He told it. Frederick Douglass told the story of the mistress of his slave master teaching him to read, beginning that until she was shut down by the slave master. She pulled back the curtain just a bit, so a beam of light shone through. Just to hear this guy tell these stories is really cool. Mm -hmm. Media won't give him a chance to have the voice because they're propaganda machines. Yeah. When that was enough for him to take that beam and turn it through his own efforts into a flame of illumination that benefited him and his country. And these stories are legend. The people who lived the histories told the stories. And that's what they were trying to protect, that they could still tell their stories in their own words. That's part of why they wrote the curriculum. Cynically, I could say there's no money in what he just said. <laughs> yeah. It would benefit people. Oh, yeah, but there's no money in it. Well, and there's a lot of people that just want to grab the power. Yep. Yeah, it's true. All right, we got to get to another news update and a troubling story from Mr. Van Camp straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. While driving the news today, the plea agreement with Hunter Biden has fallen apart. Uh, initially, he was expected to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and then get some sort of prosecution to, to version or whatever the verbiage is there on the felony gun charge. But then they, they thought, well, th there was a disagreement about whether or not more charges could eventually be brought with the defense saying, well, we thought we were in the clear now. The prosecutor said, well, no, we're not. And then the judge said, okay, well, try to make another plea deal. They tried to make another plea deal. And then the judge said, well, wait a minute. I think some of this may be unconstitutional. It doesn't make any sense. Go back to the drawing board. Court dismissed. Uh, and OJ thought it was just a traffic violation for running that red light. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she did mention something like uh, something in terms of 30 days to come up with a deal, but no set timeline was initially put down. Um, and Hunter Biden has put in a not guilty plea today. Okay. And then the Sinead O'Connor news today. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor passed away. Age 56. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't know why. What happened yet? She's had different issues Mental over time. health issues, yes. Yeah. And she lost a son in 2002. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. He was in a mental institution. That. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And Aaron Hernandez's brother, you see that arrested for planning school shootings? Yeah. Crazy, man. No doubt, man. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on today. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. As always, thank you very much for being here. Appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. And there's Scott Robbins. Been breaking news throughout the day with Hunter Biden. There's no plea deal. Yeah. He pleaded not guilty. Yeah, he pleaded not guilty today to uh, two misdemeanor tax charges. And uh, so we'll see what happens moving forward. The judge essentially said, I can't accept this deal. There was confusion about what the plea deal even would have meant. And so they're, they entered a not guilty plea, and everybody's going back to the drawing board on whatever is next. Okay. And there's going to be more happening mm-hmm. as far as the Biden family corruption scandal. Yeah. Just remember, though, that this was not a sweetheart plea deal, okay? This was not at all. This was pretty standard, right? That's what media was telling us, man, for oh, yeah. weeks. That's the craziest part of this. To me, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the confusion in the courtroom and all that stuff, I mean, that's, that's fun to, to watch and keep track mm-hmm. of, and it's chaotic and whatnot. But the craziest part is that we had a bunch of people who call themselves experts saying that this was a standard plea agreement. Let me tell you something. Standard plea agreements don't result in this kind of chaos. They don't. <laughs> that's true. No, they do not. But that is exactly what we saw today. Yeah, that was Good Morning America. That was Dan Abrams saying that earlier today. That, well, you know, I mean, people are saying this is sweetheart of a deal. Not really. Some would say the only reason he was really being charged like this is because his name's Hunter Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Trump appointed judge. Does anybody (laughs) believe that? Does anybody believe that? I have no idea. Come on, man. If they do or not, gosh, it it's hard for me to believe that. Well, and, and I'm just wondering, because if you just are somebody who watches Good Morning America every day or the Today Show or whatever, right. and that's the only news you see. Think of the cognitive dissonance that you must be feeling upon yeah. hearing this news now, because you've been assured whether you are left leaning, right leaning, hard left, hard right, whatever. You have been assured by the experts that this was a standard deal and, in fact, actually kind of tough on the president's son. Well, yeah. This is a sweetheart deal. Tough argument to make legally. If you take the politics out of it entirely, you just talk to lawyers who deal with the tax cases or you look at the particular gun charge, they will tell you that it is a tough argument to make that somehow he's getting a particularly good deal here. Some would even say he wouldn't have been charged at all if he hadn't been Hunter Biden. Yeah, come please. <laughs> okay, you're you're fired today, man. I mean, yeah, you're done. I mean, yeah. that... You yeah. you got that completely wrong, and I, I again the the gun charge thing never made any sense to me when when they say well this is rarely brought yeah usually because the government doesn't go around inspecting whether or not somebody lied on a on a background check form usually it is in the context of another crime that is being committed except they were looking into him for other things and they stumbled across this particular crime that he lied on a background check form and usually. This is a pretty easy thing to prove, especially when the defendant admitted he was on crack 
at the time he purchased said firearm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What was that other clip from Abrams on Good Morning America? I forget what he said. The judge is going to prove this, right? You would expect that would be the case. I mean, typically, for a low-level offenses like this, a judge would accept a plea deal. Because think about it. The two parties involved, the prosecution and the defense, have now agreed to what the outcome should be. Now, there are occasions when a judge will step in and say, this is not in the interest of justice. Here's the difference. And it kind of tells you, at least as far as I'm concerned, he was under the impression it was just those charges. It wasn't that he was going to be cleared of everything. Yeah. Yeah, there, there wasn't actually any agreement. Right. So it's very odd, man. Yeah. Something's going on. Just not sure what it is yet. Just going to stay on it. Meanwhile, also a hearing today about the border crisis. Yeah. But there's no crisis, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, for DHS. the millionth time. Right. Yeah. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas testifying on Capitol Hill. Democrat Jerry Nadler wants everyone to know the border is secure, fellas. All right? Okay. Him, too. Mm-hmm. Nadler. You know what? I got a clip of Nadler, a classic, in a second. But what do you say today? My Republican colleagues claim that the border is open. Is the border open, Mr. Secretary? No, it is not. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. The border is not open, and to say so is not only false, but is really an insult to the brave men and women of the Border Patrol who work every day to keep us safe. The brave men and women that you people have called white supremacists. Yep. Okay. An insult. Theater actor. A bad one. Nadler? Grossly out of shape. (laughs) Yes, disgusting. He's got those Levi's come up to your nipple pants on. (laughs) It's like the penguin. You know what's uglier than that guy on the outside? What's on the inside? The way he lies. Oh, he's a terrible person. Oh, he's my a terrible goodness. person. He's a bad guy. He is. He's just a bad human being. Wow. He lies, lies, lies. That's for all intents and purposes. You know exactly what it means. Is it open? Well, it's just a disrespect. Shut up. Right. Isn't this the guy? Yeah. Antifa in Portland. It's a myth. Only yeah. in Washington D.C. Yeah. Right. That freaking guy. No, same guy. Same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here it was. You disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now? That's, that's, right. That's, that's a myth that's being spread only in Washington, D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. They're just a myth. Interesting, because not that long after that statement was made, a Trump supporter was executed in the street by that myth. Mm-hmm. He was a big Russian collusion guy, too. Right. <laughs> he was big in He was. That. Yeah. <laughs> How these people still have jobs. Oh, right? I know. I it, know. It boggles the mind. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Uh, you know what's funny, man? You had something yesterday, Scott, when we were talking about Biden's dog yeah. biting more people. Yeah. And you're like, this is the thing people talk about. Right. The dog. The dog. And sure enough, man, I saw a number of people talking about that last night. Yeah. Saying, dude, get a hold of the dog. Well, yeah, or or send it to somebody who's not senile and busy. You know, these are dogs that need some attention, especially in the early years. They can be dangerous. Isn't there someone, like a dog czar, you can get in the freaking <laughs> well, White didn't House they call so it didn't the, attack everybody? Seriously, didn't I not hear they called the Whisperer? That no, no, the Whisperer offered, offered his, that's his, what it was. his yeah. services. Yeah. And yeah, bring him in, man. Well, they, they didn't take him up on that because he's Latino and... Well, yeah. 
<laughs> Jill Biden didn't want to have to worry about hiding the nice, you know, silverware. She's right. racist and sees Latinos as thieves. Yeah, or she'd probably tacos. call him breakfast taco. Yeah. Because that's what she does. Uh, but Corinne Jean-Pierre, you're telling me, David, yeah. uh, talked about the biting dog. Yeah, oh, well, no. the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, was asked whether or not Commander, that's this second problem dog that they've had in the White House, uh, would he be moved out of the White House? Okay. So, as, as you all know, the White House complex can be unique and very stressful. Uh, and that is something I'm sure you all can understand. And, uh, and uh, it is, as I just said, is it, it is unique and it is stressful for all of us. So you can imagine what it's like for a family pet and family pets more, more broadly. Hmm. What does that mean? Is it because it's so stressful, that's why the dog is biting? Well, well yeah, because he's not properly trained. Why does the hunter give the dog some uh, weed? Well, and the dog's probably gotten into the stash. Probably <laughs> right. high on cocaine right now. Cocaine dog. No, I think the dog saw that one picture of Hunter with no teeth and said, I don't want any of that crap. <laughs> I don't want to lose my teeth. Won't be able to bite all these bad people around here. Forget it. Joe, Joe's going to finally acknowledge his granddaughter, and then for her birthday, he's going to send her that hellhound. <laughs> he's a bad guy. There you go. Everybody's frustrated with this whole situation, taking shots at all these people. Bad <laughs> right. freaking people, man. All over the place. You know what? I saw something earlier, and I thought, man, maybe we could make a game out of this. I'm trying to remember. Are you guys up for a game? Sure. You want to switch gears and do something fun? Absolutely. Something a little fun, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Not a lot of fun, just a little fun. Just a little fun here. Yeah. It's all we can take today. Yeah. What are, is playing the games fun for you? For me? Yes. Well. No? Not as much fun as they are for David. <laughs> because he wins a lot. He wins every time. All right. But so I'm, I'm a trooper, man. I'm a gamer. I'm, I'm in there. Okay. I'm going to get the game ready for some time here in the next 10 minutes. I don't oh. wanna, I want to give too much away. we got to have enough time to do this. There was something else I saw, and this is especially for David, but I don't think it's ever too late. And it was eight habits, they're saying. If you adopt these by age 40, it can add two decades to your life. Okay. You interested? Sure. Well, I think it's a little late for you and I, Scott, to add two decades. But David could if he starts doing these uh, things now. You know, just uh, maybe not. Okay. Okay. Well, exercise is one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much everybody knows that. Um, and then getting enough sleep. Yeah. That's important. Don't get hooked on opioids or pain pills. Yeah, well, okay. that's easy enough. It's detrimental. Right? Well, Check. I you mean, thought that, this was going to be hard, right? That, <laughs> to me, that kind of seems like how to become a millionaire. Step one, make a million dollars. Well, right. yeah, I mean, just don't get addicted to drugs early on in life. And, but know, sometimes when you're talking about health habits, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be something tough. Right. right. Just stay away from that. Don't smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Manage your stress. What does that mean? Mm. Tough one. Yeah, I, you know what it means, but yeah. sometimes, yeah, depending on your do. situation, yeah. mm -hmm. it, it can be. Uh-oh. Eat a mostly plant-based diet. No. No. That's tough. That's too hard. No. I, Is this about the time when you say, well, those last two decades would be the worst decades in my anyway? life? Yeah, well, exactly. I think I, to me, it's just, I, 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 I think... I'm going to resuscitate the old slogan, better dead than red. All right. <laughs> Only commies eat a mostly plant-based diet. 
That's because they're starving. They don't have access to protein. But I'll tell you what, like they meat. have to tell everybody they don't eat meat anymore. That's true. Whether you ask or not, they're going to tell you. <laughs> that manages We're your stress vegan. level, too, because as soon as you tell people that you're a vegan, yeah. nobody wants to hang with you. Yeah. Gosh, dang. Avoid binge drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And then have friends. Maintain good social relationships. Mm. There you go. All right. No comment on that. No. We have each other, fellas. Yeah. All right. All right, we'll get to a uh, fun little game that we'll play. And another news update. There's a lot of stuff going on today. Straight ahead. All right, here we go. The Marshall Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We'll get to a fun game. Need some fun today. Well, all the break news going on coming up in just a couple of minutes. But a news update, David Van Camp. Well, there were uh, there was a lot of drama in the courtroom today as Hunter Biden was preparing to uh, accept a plea agreement for tax violations and a gun violation. But there was a disagreement on what the plea agreement actually entailed. And after a bunch of back and forth, the judge said, you know what, you guys need to go back to your respective camps and come up with a justification for this that makes sense. And so Hunter Biden has formally pleaded not guilty uh, to the charges that he faces. Uh, that could change if they, you know, reach some sort of plea agreement, but certainly not the slam dunk end of story moment that a lot of people in media and in the Democrat Party, one and the same basically, told everyone it would be. First gut reaction, not good for the Bidens long term. Mm-hmm. The family corruption stuff's going to come out. Well, it wouldn't seem. Yeah. See how they spin this thing, though. Yeah, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do this. It's game time, kids. The current champ. He's been the champ, well, for the better part of four years. Uh, David Van Camp against the grizzled veteran, the tough competitor, Scott Robbins. There's no, no quit. Surprise. There's no quit in my name, sir. No, there's not. No. The states where people stay married the longest. There's a top ten. Oh, my. Okay. Wow. See how you do. Just springing it on you. David Van Camp is first. We're going to try to go with three guesses each. Best wins. Uh, I'll go Iowa. Wow. Thinking, you know, just wholesome, right? Mm-hmm. Just uh, everything. Yes, Iowa is number six. That's a five-pointer. Well done, Van Camp. To Robbins. Utah. He's going Utah. Oh, man, and I understand why you would go Utah. Um, but not in the top ten. To Van Camp. Um, uh, Michigan? And we're going to Michigan! <laughs> yes! Michigan? Number six, that's a five-pointer. Oh, my gosh. I would have never thought Michigan. Or number five, that's a six-pointer. Sorry. Uh, it's 11 to nothing. But you can come back in a hurry, Scott. Again, states where people stay married the longest. Nebraska. He's going Nebraska. You know, that sounds like a really good guess. Um, Why bother? What am I doing? I Honestly, if it was a bad guess, I would tell you. Okay? Um, I didn't think that was a bad guess. When you said Utah, at first I thought, good guess. That's number five for the shortest, actually. Jeez. The Mormons don't mm. hang in there, huh? <laughs> uh, we might have time for a fourth round. We'll see. All right. Third round starts with David. Uh, North Dakota. We're going to North Dakota and... Uh... No. Dang. Mm. You're still in this, Robbins. 
Kansas. Going to Kansas. And I know a lot of divorced people there. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> you lived there for a while. Yeah. Back to Van Gamp. South Dakota. South Dakota and yes, Jeez. that's number seven. That's a four pointer. That's uh, fifteen. This is getting bad now. I'm dead. You gotta you gotta get one of them, dude. I t- Texas. Going Texas. And no, and that's the game. Oh, buddy. Texas wow. is actually number three for shortest marriages. I'm the only divorced guy on the show. I should <laughs> <laughs> We should have uh, done that in the other list. I know. I guess I could take a couple out and still do it. Uh, number one is West Virginia. Median marriage lasts 22.6 wow. years. Number two is Wisconsin. 22.5 years. Wow. Then it goes Vermont, Montana, Michigan and Iowa were mentioned, South Dakota, then Pennsylvania, Maine, and New Hampshire. Your top ten for shortest. Now, first, is not even a state. It's Washington, D.C., Median marriage, 10 and a half years. Yeah. And then it goes Alaska, Texas, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Oklahoma, Washington, Idaho, Georgia. Damn. There you go. Good try, though, man. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, I think I already know, but the big story of the day, David. The Hunter Biden plea agreement yeah. didn't go through, and a lot of people are wondering what the heck happened here. Should have had him on the game. <laughs> He's... I don't know, man. I mean, he's, he seems to be more. <laughs> he he just... would have boosted Robin's chances. True. <laughs> I think well, would have had that going for him. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's definitely the big story of the day. There's no doubt about that. And then, you know, from people, their take of what's going to happen next. Because there's a lot to come out about Hunter Biden. His buddy's supposed to testify and talk about how Joe was absolutely directly involved with all the business dealings yeah. because he was on the phone calls. That's supposed to happen on Monday. We'll get an update on that and the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, news update again, David Van Camp. So as reports are coming out of the federal courtroom uh, today where Hunter Biden was supposed to reach a plea deal and plead guilty to a couple of misdemeanor tax charges and a, and a well, get a pretrial diversion is what they call it for a felony gun charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that deal fell apart because there was a disagreement as to whether or not he would be provided global immunity <laughs> on anything related to the investigations. And the prosecution said, well, no, no, we Heck can still no. come back and charge you with something else if, if the facts lead us there. And so then they thought that they had had a more narrow version of the plea agreement. And the judge said, well, I think it's actually unconstitutional. And I'll tell you why. It's because of the pretrial diversion on the gun charge. Remember, all of the high-minded legal experts were saying that the charge he was facing is rarely used. It's kind of a just a nothing, really. And mm-hmm. that is he lied about his drug use while filling out uh, background check forms. You can't do that. And I'm over here feeling like I'm cra- taking crazy pills because I think, no, people are prosecuted for that. Yes. And uh, the uh, example I've used many times just because it's so recent is that mother in Virginia whose six-year-old took her gun, which she legally purchased, and shot his teacher. The federal government, the very same federal government uh, prosecuting Hunter Biden, uh, 
charged her with that same crime because she was smoking weed at the time that she had filled out her background check information. And she's going to go to prison for like two years or almost two years. So that so no, it does get charged and it does get prosecuted and it absolutely is a crime. And the judge said, well, if I approve this, that's unconstitutional. And if that's unconstitutional, then the entire plea agreement is unconstitutional. Ooh. Basically, she's saying, no, I can't just you, you have to plead to something on that particular charge because it's pretty black and white. Did you or did you not lie on your background check? And if you can prove that you lied on your background check, uh, then you get punished for that. So did the DOJ make Hunter and his attorneys believe that that was in play, that they, it would just go away? Yeah, that that was the agreement. That's the whole pretrial diversion thing, Yeah, which I, I say it's essentially uh, um, uh, probation because the agreement as they okay. laid out was just don't do it again and we won't take this to trial. But this particular judge says, hold on a second. Yeah. Heck no, we can't do that. Says, no, we can't. Interesting. We can't do that. We can't have that in writing that I just sort of said, don't do it again. And it's still crazy to me that they thought that everything else would go away. I mean, yeah. as it's been said, the evidence is mounting yeah. against Hunter and Joe Biden about the corrupt family business dealings. There's something new on it every day, it seems like. They were just starting to talk impeachment over the last couple of days. Like, if this keeps going where we think it's going. Right. Yeah, that that could be in the future. Wow. Okay, so there's that. Do you have any other updates? Uh, well, I mean, we're just kind of waiting to see. It seems like it'll be a few days, if if ever, a new plea agreement with Hunter Biden gets reached. Okay. Mitch McConnell thing is weird. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. Well, he's apparently fine now. Yeah, so this happened. They they were doing a press conference, uh, and uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, just froze up. A partisan cooperation and a string of... He just and then it goes for like frozen, 40, right 40 seconds and he, just stands yeah. there. He can't say anything. Well, nobody's lo- everybody's looking at each other like, okay, okay, what are we what are we doing here? Um, I yeah, it's it's bizarre. They finally but, let him away. I mean, so well, the colleagues came around. I'm like, yeah. are you all right? Did you want to say something else? Yeah, like you, you're trying not to be disrespectful, but there's like real concern going on. Like, what's he going wasn't on? Wasn't sure where he was. Oh man. Uh, and and to say, well, he's fine now is kind of weird because yeah. something happened. Oh yeah, yeah. You okay. know, he had that concussion that long ago. He fell. Yeah, because he was out for a while. Yeah. I don't uh-huh. know. It was scary. It's frightening to look at it. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I, do we want to get to this David Axelrod thing? We can push that. Now, can't we? Shit. Who cares? Yeah, it's some other stuff. But you got your big trifecta all ready to go. Yes, yeah, sir. Do not want to deny you of your time. Roll it out. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three of the day, always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? You okay? Good. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three, Mike Pence, former vice president of the United States. That Mike Pence may not qualify for the first Republican primary debate. 
You know, this is interesting because it's always like, who's going to be the first one to drop out? Yeah. And sometimes you forget Mike Pence is even in it. I think there's I mean, times where you look at, okay, who's going to be able to make any noise at all? Right. I don't think anyone was picking Pence. And the beige of Pence is showing through. Yeah, he got some bad news. Uh, the first week of the presidential debate, just a few weeks away, there was an interview with Dana Bash, CNN, uh, and he indicated, well, I, you know what, I don't have the uh, individual donor threshold to even qualify for the debate stage yet. It's at the end of August. I'm very humbled by the support around the country, which is one of the criteria, he said. So there's a 40,000 donor requirement, according to The Hill. But, yeah, having 40,000 individual donors, we're literally working around the clock. Got about a month to go. I'm confident we'll get there, he said. Right I'm, now, I mean, there's what? Yeah. I mean, it's Trump and then everybody else. And, you know, DeSantis is second. Oh, they, but it's Ramaswamy starting to make a little noise. Yeah. You know, which is interesting because I think he's an interesting guy. It's fresh, man. Yeah, I really like him. Um, anyway, we'll see. Yeah. But Pence, I mean, I'm going to wait until they offer a tote bag and then I'll kick in a couple of bucks. <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm waiting. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robin trifecta top three of the day to number two. Number two, a naked guy is terrorizing an apartment complex. Yeah, oh. Los Angeles area apartment complex. And police say, well, there's not much we can do about this. What? The unknown guy has been seen at least three different times walking through the outside area of the apartment complex, which, by the way, is in East Hollywood. The neighbors remained anonymous, but they said, no, he's around here. He's running around. He's naked. The families are concerned because some of these families have children that live here. Neighbors have banded together now using surveillance cameras to try to catch this guy. One resident said the man was seen touching himself sexually uh, while also running and walking naked through the hallway. Now, mm. the police said there's really not much we can do, which is amazing to me. The quote was this. They say the department is aware of it, but officers say we can't arrest this guy. No crime has been committed. What do you mean no crime? You can't just walk around naked, right? Isn't that think. breaking some sort of law? I don't One know. would think. You see that video in San Francisco? Lady gets out on the highway. It's on one of the bridges. I forget what, what they call it. but um, And she got out of her car. She was naked, and she had a handgun, and she was just firing it into the air. Holy oh, smoke, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Well, this guy apparently is without a weapon. Or at least your traditional weapon. <laughs> You're not going to go love gun on it. Well, we're not going kiss 1977, are we? No, I'm gonna... Say it again. I won't. I don't get to use the love gun reference that often, you know? Come on. The Scott Robbins trifecta yeah. top three of the day up uh -huh. to number one. <laughs> number one. Uh, you want to remind everybody that Mick Jagger and Joe Biden are the same age. Exact same age. Mick Jagger turned 80 years old today. Mick Jagger, who runs around the stage for two hours and sings songs is the same age as the doddering old fool that currently is the president of the United States. Well, and you can understand what Mick's saying. <laughs> yes, I can. I can understand the lyrics. Which is a wild <laughs> which, turn of events, actually. Which brings me to an interesting question. What if Joe Biden were the lead singer of the Rolling Stones? I can't get, you know the thing, <laughs> jumping the guy who runs this outfit. <laughs> And pleased to meet you. I forgot your name. Those are just three of the titles that Joe would do if he were with the Rolling Stones. Is it? Time. 
when that song was written. Too go-to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the trifecta. Scott Robbins, every day at this time. Well played. Yeah. Okay. Got to get to another news update. There's a lot going on. And Nimrod's in the news. Coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News updates all over the place. Another one from David Van Camp. It's a lot, of course. The big story of the day is Hunter Biden was supposed to strike this plea deal today in court. And, well, fireworks erupted. There was miscommunication between the defense and prosecution, we're told. And then the judge said, you know what, just go back to your camps and come back to me when you have something that I can legally uh, approve. Did not see that one coming. Nope. So we'll see where that goes. Okay. And then you had an update on Manu. Yeah. Well, so there was a honestly pretty unsettling moment today as senators were preparing to do a, a press conference. And Mitch McConnell, the top Republican in the Senate, just kind of froze up. He started to say something, and then he just got a blank look on his face and was just silent. They had to lead him away eventually. And then he came back later and said he was fine. And uh, Manu Raju with CNN asked this question. And in a vacuum, I don't think it's an unfair question. But I'll tell you why it ticked me off in a moment. Could you address what happened here at the start of the press conference? And was it related to your injury from earlier this year where you suffered a concussion? Is that? No, I'm, I'm fine. Fine, you're fully able to do your job. Fully able to do your job, huh? I mean, this is the same network that has done glowing profiles of one John Fetterman, a Pennsylvania senator who gets startled by loud noises and bright lights and cannot understand when things are said to him um, and can't get a sentence out. Yeah, the last time that happened with him, man, it was awful. Because a lot, I think a lot of people thought he would get better over time. But then you wonder, oh, that's just the way it is. There is no getting better from yeah. where Fetterman is. You don't wish that on anyone, but you do have a job to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when you brought up that clip of Manu from CNN, this was a few years back. I think it was Martha McSally. And it was about impeachment. And he was trying to say to her something about evidence about the impeachment, something. And she just called him here. Manu, you're a liberal hack. <laughs> Do you remember this? This is great. Love this moment. Roll it. Do you consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial? Manu, you're a liberal hack. You're not going to comment? Senator, you're a liberal this? hack, buddy. You're a liberal well, hack, hack, buddy. <laughs> yes, Which, true. You know, fact check true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, something else happening today. House GOP members are now talking about impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security. Right. Good. It should. Guy doesn't do his job. He constantly lies. Just Weasley. I don't know if you happen to see this story that smugglers, and this happened a few years ago. They were doing it again. Were caught using fake Border Patrol trucks to sneak in migrants. You look at these trucks. They look just like the regular Border Patrol trucks. Yeah. Pretty sophisticated. So that was, what, in California a couple days ago? Trying to sneak in a bunch of migrants. 
when you read the in-depth reporting on this stuff, it is so much more severe than people have any idea and how much money the cartels are making off of this. I mean, golly, man. It's a terrible situation. And I don't know if you saw this poll talking about the youth and America and American pride. It has gone down, I think, more than I've ever seen in my entire life. Unbelievable. The amount of people that say they're extremely proud to be American. Only 18% of those, 18 to 34, said that. Wow. Wait, what was the percentage? 18, you said? 18% of those aged 30, 18 to 34 yeah. said they're extremely proud to be American. The, uh, the communist indoctrination has worked. I mean, really, that's it. Yes. I'm, I'm just a couple of years older than that age range, but I remember part of, part of uh, high school even, American history. I don't know if it was as extreme as, as some examples have shown now, but, you know, even then you're still kind of learning that America is a fundamentally flawed and, uh, you know, we do a lot of bad things. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and then you go to college, my freshman year of college, going to a world history class. And the professor did an entire lecture on how America has a history of subjugating and killing and not caring about little brown people around the world. And that is America's true legacy. Okay, you go to all these countries around the world and look at legacies of what's gone on over hundreds to thousands of years. It, Yes, it's awful. There are atrocities. It's happened everywhere. Yeah. And that's not to excuse the United States, but put it in context because you're acting like, well, there's all these other places that have it so perfect no. that aren't guilty of anything. And, and, and honestly, the, the America, historically speaking, especially in the last 100 years plus, a little more than 100 years, has brought more prosperity and lasting peace to the United States than any other nation in human history. And to the world. And to the rest of the world. That's what I mean. In many yeah. cases. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's true. All right. We got to get the Nimrods. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. We go to Boston, 33-year-old in jail. Um, said good morning to this random woman. Um, she didn't say anything back. She's 59. And he got mad. Uh, apparently, he lives around the corner. They hadn't met. So he got aggressive, took her phone, and then punched her. Oh, boy. Aren't you hoping it all comes back as he's in jail? Oh, yeah. They find out what he oh, did. Oh, they will. Yeah, that'd be good. This is the Mark the Van Camp and Robert Show.